Hey, welcome to the Sermonary Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Taylor. And look, I know as a pastor, you want to preach sermons consistently that really impact people. Uh, it makes a difference. You want people to respond uh, to your sermons. And in order to do that, I think that there's three targets that we need to hit. Now, look, when I say this, this is a practical podcast, so I don't want to get emails and comments about people you know, addressing the Holy Spirit and all of these things. Here's, uh, here's where I am, honestly. I'm assuming you're doing that. I am assuming that you are fervently praying over your messages, and I know most of you are uh, because we talk with a lot of you, and that is a big part of your sermon preparation. In fact, it should be the priority of your sermon preparation. You should be going to God every single time you sit down to write your sermon. You should be going to the Father uh, for clarity, for discernment, for wisdom, and, and not just saying, um, you know, God, you know, open my eyes to the scriptures, but help me find the sermon in this. And so I think that as you hit these three targets, or you know what these three targets are, and try to hit these in your sermons, that ne- that needs to be a part of your prayer of God, show me these three parts. How do I hit these three targets in my sermon? Uh, give me that wisdom. Give me that clarity in that. So we are assuming through this practical sermon writing pro- podcast that you are going to God in prayer fervently every time you sit down to write a sermon. Um, And that is changing you, and it is changing the way that you see God. It is changing the way that you see the Scriptures. But here is what I want to talk about today. The three targets that I believe if you hit these when you write a sermon and deliver your sermon, you are going to see people responding more and more. Now, again, the Holy Spirit draws people to himself um, it is uh, the doing of the Holy Spirit that prompts obedience, and so we can't do those things. But I believe that we can be intentional about hitting these three things um, so that we can drive the point home in our sermons. Uh, th- th- these are very practical. The first one is this. We need to speak to the mind. We need to hit the mind. In fact, I think that this is the first thing that we need to focus on. Jesus spent three and a half years trying to change the, the minds of the disciples, the way that they thought about everything, uh, the way that they thought about race, the way that they thought about God, the way, the way that they thought about culture, uh, the way that they thought about theology and themselves. Jesus spent three and a half years trying to appeal to their minds to think about things differently. So we need to appeal to the mind, the reason for people. Uh, Paul says in Romans 12, he spent 11 chapters giving us this rich theology. Really, if you want to know what Paul believes, read the first 11 chapters of Romans, and this is Paul's theology. And he, he's, he's, he's spent 11 chapters talking to us about God and the family of God and what that looks like and what, what that is. And then he gets to chapter 12 and basically says, this is our response to everything that I've just told you for 11 chapters of who God is. This is our response, living sacrifices. We're giving ourselves as living sacrifices. But in chapter 2, I mean, in chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So before anything else, we need to change the way that we think. And so when we preach, the first thing that we need to do is appeal to the mind, the reason. What are people's objections that they're going to have? What are, what are their doubts? People have doubts. They have doubts not just about their salvation, but about the, the authority of Scripture, the truth of what you're preaching. And so we need, what are their doubts? What are the skeptics saying? You know, uh, one of the greatest compliments that I ever had when I was preaching it was from an atheist that was in our service, and he came to me and he said, you're the first pastor that I ever heard 
that quoted Richard Dawkins in his sermon. And he appreciated that. And it, and it, tuned his ear in to say, this guy is, is not just presenting views that he agrees with. I think that we should present deferring views. What does the world say? What does the culture say? What are the legitimate views that, and arguments that they bring, and what does the Bible say to that? I have no problem with a pastor presenting point of views and then saying, here's where I land, and here's what I believe Scripture says when it comes to that, and give a logical reason. Matthew did this. The entire book of, of, of the Gospel of Matthew is, is really Matthew appealing to the mind of the Jewish people and saying, here's logically how Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. He did not write in a chronological order. He wrote the Gospel in a way that appealed to the Jewish mind to prove that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. John does this. The Gospel of John is all about appealing to the mind. Here's logically how Jesus is the Logos. He appealed to the agnostic of, of the, the, the reason that Jesus logically is the Messiah, is the Savior, is the Logos. And so uh, we need to first appeal to the mind, anticipate the objections, anticipate the doubts, and anticipate the skepticism that's going to be there when you're preaching a passage. The next one is preached to the heart. Uh, Luke 24, 32 says, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? What they're saying is Jesus appealed to our emotions. He spoke to our hearts. Now, I'm not a big emotional person. When I preach, now that I've become a parent and maybe you're like this, um, I get a little bit more emotional than I used to. Uh, I try not to make everything an emotional experience. In fact, I think that there's some danger in making everything an emotional experience. But I do think that when we preach, we do need to speak to the emotions. What are the motives behind people? What are their passions? What are their, what are their desires? What do they want? What do they need? You know, I think it's okay. When we change their mind about things, it's going to drive them to feel differently about things. And so we need to appeal to those feelings. Uh, we need to be careful when we do that and not just make this an emotional experience. I don't think worship just needs to be this emotional experience, but we do need to speak to the emotions of people. We need to speak to the heart of people because people are emotional beings. They care about things. You know, that is, is part of what it may, means to be made in the image of God is that we have an emotional God, and a God that feels, a God that has compassion, a God that has empathy. How do we appeal appeal to the emotions? Because when they change their mind, which is our first target, they will change the way that they feel. Their heart will begin to change. So we need to appeal to the mind, the intellect, and then we appeal, appeal to the emotions. And then the third target is, you know, preach to the body. Preach to the body. How do they become the hands and feet? of what you've just preached. Um, John 13, 17 says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus said, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Knowledge without action is worthless. We need to speak to the body. We need to call people to action. Now that your mind has been changed, it causes you to feel differently about this. And because you feel differently about this, here's what you can do about it. Our sermons, your sermon, when you preach this Sunday, there needs to be a clear call to action. 
what do I do? In, in light of this, what do I do? One of the great things that I love about the, the church that we attend is at the end of it, it, it they, they say something along the lines of, you know, you've heard the word of God. Now what are you going to do about it? You've heard the word of God today. Now what are you going to do about it? Now that your mind has been changed, now that you feel differently about it, what does it drive you to do? We need to change the minds and hearts of people. And when that happens, it should lead to the question, so what do I do about this? So every sermon that you preach should have a call to action. What do we do? What do you do? So speak to the individual. Here's what you do. And then speak to your church as a whole. Here's what this means for us as a church. Here's what we're going to do to apply the principles that we've just learned in this passage. So here are your three targets. Speak to the mind first. Speak to the heart, and then speak to the body. How do you appeal to the intellect? How do you appeal to reason? How do you appeal to their emotions, how they feel about it? And then how do you call them to action? What are they going to do now that their minds and their hearts have been changed? I hope that helps. Would love to hear some comments of how you apply this. If you're already doing this, if you're not doing this, I would really encourage you to begin to put this in the practice. Here's the deal. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at doing this. Sermon writing is like a muscle, and I've said this before, uh, especially for sermonary users. If you want to become a better sermon writer, some of you guys, you don't preach every single Sunday. That's okay. If you want to be a more effective sermon writer and you want to become a better communicator, write a sermon every single week. Get consistent about it. Open up sermonary every single day. Even if it's just 20 minutes a day, make it a habit to open up your sermonary dashboard, work on a sermon, write it. One, you'll have a library of sermons that that you can use that that will be great for you to serve you well in a church one day, but it will also help you become a better writer. Uh, if any of you guys, you know, you look at the sermons that you, you started preaching 10, 15, 20 years ago, you're probably like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I actually preached that. It's because over the years you've become better because you've done it more. Put this in the practice, put it into practice, hitting these three targets in every sermon that you write, you're going to become better. It's going to become like second nature for you. And you're not going to be able to write a sermon that doesn't appeal to the intellect, doesn't appeal to the heart and doesn't appeal to the body. Thanks for listening today. Hope that helps. Uh, that's helpful for you. And I look forward to seeing you guys next time.